Welcome to the home for anime. I am your host, GPC, great podcaster Cali, and I am your host with no toast, but I am ready to jam. Today, I want to talk about a show that has impacted me on a very deep level. And as soon as I told y'all that I was watching it and I said I was going to do a podcast episode about it, there was heavy, heavy push. It was a really heavy push for me to go ahead and do it. So we're on volume three. So I figured, you know, I might as well do it because I, I freaking love this show so much. And that show is Michiko and Hachin. Michiko and Hachin is actually one of the greatest shows of all time. And I suppose I should tell you why. Should I tell you why? Well, yeah, that's my job. So Michiko and Hachin is about this woman named Michiko Malandro who breaks out of prison to look for this girl named Hana, a nine-year-old. And she's living with this abusive family who has been with her since she was tiny. And they're just collecting welfare checks from taking care of her, but they treat her like garbage. So Michiko busts out of prison, finds her, and takes her. And Hana's like, oh, what what am I doing with you exactly? And Michiko's like, we're going to find your father because I'm in love with him and you need to see him. And also, your name is Hachin now. And Hana's like, Hachin? Uh, All right, um, I guess I'm just going to go for it. So they go on this journey to find Hana's father, who is Michiko's former lover, Hiroshi, who, oh boy, Hiroshi. So basically, this is just about Michiko and Hachin traveling across this country called Diamandra, which is this fictionalized version of South America, which takes a lot of inspiration from mainly Brazil. And what's cool about that is that (laughs) there's a lot of representation. So everybody, all my uh, Afro-Latinos, Afro-Latinas, and honestly, if you're Black like me, you are just really excited to see all of these people of color come into the fray. I was like, oh my God, Michiko is she's black and what there's another black person over there and there's another black person oh snap so i was i was pretty happy i was really excited about that now there are a few characters in michiko and hachin that have significant significance i know that probably sounds funny to hear me say but there are a good amount of characters in the show and You'll see some of them for maybe an episode or two, and they actually do carry weight in the story. But there are some characters who are just big, heavy hitters. So, of course, you have Michiko and Hachin, but then you have this policewoman named Atsuko, who Michiko has known since she was young. And they're between the ages of 20 and 30. But Atsuko is this police officer who is dead set on bringing Michiko back to prison 
but every time she gets close to it, she just can't bring herself to do it. So she ends up letting Michiko go. And yeah, their relationship is pretty complex because you can definitely tell that Atsuko cares for Michiko. But at the same time, she wants to see her brought to justice. And then you also have Satoshi Batista, who, oh my god, Satoshi is one of the most cold stone face killers on the planet. This man single-handedly gained control of most of the hard-hitting factions in Diamandra, and he just, hmm. Let me tell you something. If I was a different type of man, I, I would have wanted to have followed in his footsteps, but that's not the way. Kids, that is not the way. We don't we don't sell drugs, we don't kill people. But if we did, you know, everyone's talking about, oh, I want to be Chuck Norris or oh Sylvester Stallone is Rambo. That's the shit. Like, nah, nah. None of them hold a candle to Satoshi because Satoshi is one of the realest motherfuckers I have seen on screen, especially in anime, in a hot minute. And then of course there's Hiroshi, which I'm not gonna lie. Every time I heard more about Hiroshi, I hated him even more. Mind you, I'm just this 24-year-old dude who's sitting in bed watching this show, and I'm like, damn, I, I think I fucking hate Hiroshi. Which, honestly, the fact that the show got me to care so much about a deadbeat who barely shows up, that's impressive. I mean, I was really impressed at the fact that they were able to make me care about a character who shows up that little. But the others, I mean, Atsuko and Satoshi and, of course, Michiko and Hachin, they are really at the forefront of this show and their dynamics, especially Michiko and Hachin's, they are just really compelling to watch, especially because Michiko and Hachin, they really take on this mother-daughter role which is actually really interesting to watch because as you learn throughout watching the show, Michiko is like a, a woman child. I know you've heard of man child, but she's like a woman child herself. She can't read or write well, and she is extremely immature. She'll smack Hachin for the dumbest things. If she thinks she's being a brat, which, I mean, that's how some parents do. I know it's kind of becoming passe, but it's still, that it's not really from a place of parentage, it's more of a place from, you piss me off, so I'm gonna sock one to you. And she can't really get her emotions straight all the time, which means that Hachin has to be the straight man between the two of them. Which is kind of funny, but also it speaks volumes to a couple things. One, how people raised in less than ideal situations have to either grow up quick or their growth is stunted. So watching that dynamic between the two and seeing, you know, an adult child and a child adult work together, that 
that just really hit home for me. I was very impressed. And again, like I said, the relationship between Atsuko and Michiko, that just further proves the point because Atsuko had to grow up in a different way than Michiko did, even though they grew up in the same home. So it's it's just, it's really impressive that alone, those relationships alone are reason enough to watch the show. And again, if you want to see Sasoshi be one of the most stone-cold motherfuckers in anime, I mean, pure Black Air Force energy. I am here for it. There's also a really interesting dynamic between Hachin and her father that really comes into play toward the end of the show, which I thought was very... It was a very interesting thing that they pulled. You know, it it kind of went for this shonen protagonist route, but Hachin really does know how to stand up for herself when she is able, which is really cool. I mean, Michiko can whoop ass, which is great, but Hachin, she knows how to use her brain and her wit to get what it is that she needs, and she knows how to be resourceful when those resources are available to her so it was just really neat to see all of that come so the characters i cannot stress enough are reason enough to watch this show on top of the incredible plot that i feel like i may have slighted you with by just giving the most bare bones of synopses but it's something best explored on your own which of course with my urging of you to watch it so there was something that I thought of the entire time I was watching Michiko and Hachin. And what I was thinking was, this is this seems very much like Cowboy Bebop or Samurai Champloo in terms of style and in terms of how they they take a certain type of culture and they take a certain type of music and they mash it together to make this really this really incredible thing that just oozes cool. And come to find out, the creators of Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Champloo are the ones who created Michiko and Hachin. And if we're going to go even further than that, as you all know, Shinichiro Watanabe was the director of Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Champloo. And he's actually the music producer for this show which explains why it was so stylish and how it just works so well i mean it was playful it was intense at times but it was always cool and that is just something that i think that the the genius of watanabe and the creators of these shows that is just what their collaborative muscles look like when they are flexed so that was just really cool to see the show was made in 2008 but honestly it looks like it could have come out of the early to mid 2010s i mean you've heard me talk about some shows like don machi and aria which you know two completely different time periods but mid-2000s to mid-2010s 
you can definitely see a shift, but it seems like with Michiko and Hachin, you got the actual stylings of the 2000s, but it looks better than a lot of the shows from the early 2010s to mid-2010s. I mean, I would put this up against the first season of Origairu or honestly the promised neverland even though that was late 2010s i think this show looks better than a lot of shows that have come out even in recent memory i don't know it just works for me that's really all i can say is that for me personally it works and i think it looks gorgeous i think that aside from the animation the fluidity of the characters the action sequences when they do come just the flip of a gun, but the backgrounds are so intricate, and it's just so dope to see how they captured life in these different cities. They breathe life into what we see, so just seeing how different people live, seeing different restaurants, different buildings. It was honestly a sight to behold, and I am, I feel privileged to have been able to witness it. And it honestly made me want to visit South America and especially Brazil just so that I can get a taste of a culture that is different from my own and so that I can meet new people because, of course, that's what traveling is all about. You know, I wouldn't want to cross paths with an outlaw because they would have to run my shit real quick. I, I would get robbed in an instant, but I would definitely enjoy seeing around that country, well, the countries in that continent. So, yeah, I can honestly say that this is one of the few shows that makes me actually want to travel, which is incredible. This is the home for anime, and I am Cameron. I am GPC, Great Podcaster Cali. And as you know, if you're listening to my show, we have to talk about fashion. Fashion is something that must be talked about. As you know, I have great friends from many different places. And of course, you know, my good friend, 90s anime fashion, is someone who I frequently talk to about fashion and while she wouldn't watch this show because it's not from the 80s or the 90s if i were to send her some of the screen caps from this show i am sure she would say wow that is actually really neat and the thing that's incredible about this show is that i don't think i saw anyone or at least not michiko and hachin i don't think i ever saw them wear the same outfit twice unless it was two episodes that took place over the course of maybe two or three days. But I typically saw them wearing something different each time. I mean, they actually went to stores to get new clothes. And even just seeing the different types of shoes that they would wear, it would go from things that look like Jordans to things that look like Chucks to just slides. It was, it was incredible to see 
that there is this variety in clothing because as you know I've I don't mind seeing characters wear the same thing every day if it looks good but at the same time you want variety and they make it so that you're not bored looking at what the characters are wearing because clothing is a huge part of someone's personality I like to think if you can dress the way you want to the way that you present yourself that is a huge asset to your being it speaks volumes to your character so I think that we get a lot about Michiko and Hachin based off of what they wear so that just an incredible touch that really does show how much care that they put into developing these characters and I really appreciated it. So there are themes in this show that resonate with a lot of people. I know we talked about the setting, you know, we talked about how the characters interact, but with that we have to talk about the fact that family does equate to a lot when it comes to Michiko and Hachin because there are these deep ties that we see with a lot of characters. We see the ties between Hiroshi and Satoshi who were best friends when they were younger. We see the ties between Hiroshi and Michiko, Michiko and Atsuko, of course Michiko and Hachin, and Satoshi actually has a few ties that really do help drive the story along but it's just really neat to have family be something that drives the story forward of course you know when we think of family we either think about our parents or we think about our siblings or the people who are no longer with us, or Dominic Toretto. I'm sorry, that joke was right there. I know that it's like in the garbage at this point, but I had to make it because Tokyo Drift is one of the best movies ever. I said it. But also, I think it's just really cool that we see what life on the run is like and how that can affect people. How that affects not only yourself, but how that affects your loved ones and the people who you have along for the ride. And how it affects the people who are out to fucking run your fucking neck. It's, it's nuts. But these things, your actions, everyone's actions affect more people than they think. And they can either help or hinder your ability to get to your goal. And I think the fact that Michiko and Hachin demonstrates that, and in the way that it does, just masterclass. This show is a 10 out of 10 for me, honestly. And I'm going to say it one more time because it just makes me really happy. Afro Latinos, Afro Latinas, Black people, everybody rejoice. We got them. We got them. This show, we look so good, everybody. We look good we are cool and i think what's really great is that the characters aren't drawn offensively i mean like i said at the beginning 
when people found out that I was going to do an episode on this show, they were really excited. Some people say things like, I'm from Brazil. This show means a lot to me. And I'm like, fuck, that's, that's incredible. I'm glad that this is something that means so much to people because it meant a lot to me. So I'm just, I am elated. I'm sure you can tell by the sound of my voice. I'm actually, I'm trying not to cry a little bit, but I am elated at the fact that we got this kind of representation. I don't know who thought that we would just be left to whatever devices would be. But the fact that we got this show, damn, we all look good. Everybody, we look good. We are cool. Motherfuckers in this show are so cool. And I'm just so happy. And I'm glad that it's actually a really good show. So yes, I want to say, I know that anime, it's literally Japanese animation. They don't have to do shit that they don't want to do. But they thought it would be cool to have a show that is set in a country that is inspired by South America and Brazil. And... We are going to make it one of the coolest shows ever. That means a lot. So I'm just happy that people feel seen by this show and that they can appreciate it. So I did want to say that. And in case you couldn't tell by everything that I have said thus far, please, please, please watch Michiko and Hachin. I mean, music, style, action, animation, it's it is the full package for what I would call an essential, a classic, and a certain good time. Well, great time. Mm, fantastic time. Mm, outstanding time. No, amazing time. Incredible time. We'll go with incredible time. But that's about all I got. I want to say thank you to everyone who's listening. You can stream Michiko and Hachin on Funimation, which Funimation has been killing it with their seasonals lately. They have been licensing a lot of great shows, and I am just so happy that they are around. And that is about it. If you want to hit me up on social media, you can do so on Instagram at AnimeAlphaGoat. And of course, if you have any recommendations, you can hit me there or you can email me at ouranimehome at gmail.com. And that's it. I am out.